0: okay everybody uh welcome to season two of the mind hunter companion here we are we've made it all the way through season one and we are now at season two welcome peter welcome doug um and in true in true mind hunter format we begin not with holden not with Bill, not with Wendy, not even with Shepard, but we begin with none other masturbation. than... masturbation. Oh wait, that's- Dennis Rader. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Rader masturbating. <laughs> you know, or, or he's, he's listening to the credits as like security salesman or something like that. So we begin with uh, ostensibly Rader's wife coming home with the groceries, uh, washing up in the sink, and she hears a funny noise she sees uh, sort the of door a rattling. Knob. Quivering, and you—you actually think it's going to be, you know, somebody tied up in his house, right? That he's captured or something, because they show rope around the doorknob in a sort of intricate knot. So I was actually expecting, you know, some captive there.
1: I thought it was just some victim's house. You know, I didn't even realize it was his house.
0: Well, you don't know for sure until you don't know it's Raider's wife until you you see him in the bathroom. But he is revealed to be. Uh, performing uh, an act of autoerotic asphyxiation on himself, and I believe he's wearing a dress. Yeah, he's when wearing. He something. does it. He's wearing a mask uh, That's right. and some sort of bizarre outfit that I'm pretty sure is a dress. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was wearing white after Labor Day, also. <laughs> like 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 Tom Wolf,
1: classless. Um,
0: but uh, uh, so she bursts in on him. And uh, he is sort of caught in flagrante delecto. Yeah, he's wearing a woman's slip and a mask. And she flees the house in terror. Right. Um, And I believe he's also wearing a woman's nylon. So she flees the house in terror. And he realizes he's sunk. Uh, And then we cut to... Uh, Bill in church, where we see a very, very different version of Bill and Wendy's son. Yeah, he's, all, he's kind of more or less normal kid. He's certainly functioning on a much higher level, and he wants to go play with the other boys, right? He wants to right. play football with the other boys in the church yard.
1: Right, and Bill says, you know, go for it. <laughs> and then... You know, they're a little, like, I guess his wife's a little concerned the kid's going to get flattened, crushed like yeah. a grape.
0: I guess they're not worried about head trauma back in 79.
1: No, I just think they're worried about him being, you know,
0: <laughs> No, <killed. I> know. <laughs> By the bigger kids. <laughs> right. Um, kill the guy with the ball, as we used to say. I don't know if they still say that. I don't know, but I'm sure they
1: still torture the, you know semi-weak and there wasn't exactly a lot of sensitivity about somebody somebody with autism in 1979
0: <laughs> and he gets his shirt all dirty and bill is super happy like bill cares about nothing else that the fact that his son interacted with their kids and got a little acceptance
1: yeah you can see why i mean
0: oh yeah of course although it's unclear exactly how this has come to pass although the last thing we heard that was that uh uh, Nan- his wife Nancy was signing him up for some sort of uh, special therapy that was expensive. Yeah, and now we cut to the church barbecue that uh, Bill and Nancy are holding, and it's it's made abundantly clear that Bill has zero interest in the stupid barbecue, but he puts on a good show just for his wife.
1: Yeah, Bill, he kind of dreads the normal social interaction, I think, with people in the neighborhood. And plus, Bill works constantly, you know?
0: Yeah, it's hard for him to turn it off, the FBI thing.
1: Right. He's been doing it for a long time. It's on top of which his, you know, work for him is is a little unusual, to say the least. It's a little difficult to explain to others plus I'm sure people are curious when they hear he works at the FBI and he, he's just not interested in small talk and he's not interested in being put in a sort of socially awkward position.
0: Yeah, and he ends up meeting two of the, you know, the local neighborhood schlumps. Right. Uh, who who very very quickly zero in on what he does and really want to get him to talk about it.
1: It's basically exactly what he doesn't want to do. You know, it's like Dave from accounting or whatever, you know, basically like asking him, like, do you see bodies? You know, do you (laughs) see are there dead people? That kind of, and he just, I mean, Bill just, his wife keeps, you know, encouraging him and saying all the things that he's really gritting his teeth she's forcing him to sort of participate.
0: But, you know, once he gets going, like he kind of gets a little notoriety from the, the, his neighbors and they, they're sort of egging him on. And he starts, he starts talking about interviewing serial killers. And then Nancy comes over and puts the kibosh on the whole thing. Like she does the talking over her eyeglasses face at him. Like, shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> I know, but <laughs> I think Bill just started going. Cause he figured like, well, they box me in. I'm just going to talk. I have nothing else to say. I'll just tell them more or less the truth that's somewhat veiled.
0: Well, and I think it's also supposed to show that Bill can't turn it off. You know what I mean? Like he's thinking yeah. about this stuff all the time and it's what he really wants to talk about. He doesn't want to have idle chit chat with the, with the neighbor from accounting. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um. So uh, we cut from the barbecue to Holden in hard restraints.
1: Right. Uh, And that's when you realize at that moment that really there's been almost no time has passed from the first season. Because at the end of the first season, um, Holden, which in in real time is two years, have elapsed basically since they made the first season. Um, And... So, but on the show, there have been hours basically that have passed and that's it.
0: Although one thing Um, that is interesting is that, you know, John Groff who plays Holden is a younger guy, uh, than Holt McCallum, who plays Bill and, and John Groff looks clearly two years older. Like his face has changed from the first season. And I, I know it's supposed to be five minutes later, but, uh, he definitely looks older you know it sort of reminds me of like you know like the star trek movies or some of them are supposed to be like right at like star trek 3 is right after star trek 2 right immediately after but it's, they right. look a couple of years older sort of the same idea like they they can't get around the fact that john groff age whereas it shows less in bill because he's already older
1: yeah well i think uh, you know jimmy doan was using a walker in between <laughs> when
0: star trek three came out with the tennis balls yeah. um and then we see bill back at quantico who's walking in he's wearing a sort of odd plastic raincoat it looks very strange um but he gets a box of records on the ataro uh, family who has been murdered uh, for the most part, by BTK. some of the, I believe two of the Otero kids weren't home at the time. Yeah, he starts um, working on, basically, the Kansas case that we've been seeing
1: for the whole first season. Uh, it finally comes under their... Um, the auspices of the behavioral science unit.
0: And what's interesting, by the way, is there's always a sort of emphasis on evolving technology. We see that in behavioral science, they now have their own Xerox machine, which is about the size of HAL 9000. It's enormous, but they have their own Xerox machine. Right. Um, And the box of BTK records are brought to Bill by an agent that he's pretty friendly with, Don, um, but it's it's basically made clear to him that they really need behavioral science's help um in the BTK case in Wichita. Right.
1: So so they're starting to work on sort of a loose end from less a long rollout of the BTK killer. And uh and and Holden's still, you know MIA. Right. He's having he basically he's in the He's in the the mental hospital, being restrained and medicated. Um, right, and I believe no in the sense.
0: '70s it was referred to as the booby hatch,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and nobody knows where he is. Um, right, yeah, he's
0: like I said, he's MIA. Go ahead though.
1: But it's only been basically over the weekend that that's happened. So now it's like Monday, you know. So and, and I think you know Holden probably flew out there on Friday or Saturday. Um,
0: yeah, they show him landing in uh, California at night. So I think the implication is he he flies out the same day that he walked out of his meeting with OPR. Right, where right. he walks out, he says the only mistake I ever made was doubting myself, and then he walks out all pissed off. So I right. think it, I think the implication is he goes straight to the airport. Right. So he he basically it's he's only been there a couple
1: days, um, and um and he's he's still obviously he's m i a right? Things are going on like normal, but nobody knows
0: and then Bill uh, meets with Shepherd, who uh, makes a startling revelation to him,
1: yeah, boy, you know, this is actually a good season so far, I have to say, second season, but right. So, right? So Shepherd announces that he's going to retire. And Bill's quite surprised because he didn't think Shepard was going to retire yet
0: right and bill thought that the point of the meeting was that he was going to get raked over the coal bill comes to the meeting thinking uh oh, here we go again and then he finds yep. out that the meeting is totally different than what he was imagining
1: right and and bill he's relieved but he's also a little skeptical that shepherd really wants to go and shepherds basically reassures him that no it's time it's time for him to retire um, he's put in 23 years or whatever it is, and and it's time for him to go.
0: And then we meet uh, Ted Gunn.
1: The new boss, right? So the new head of their section who says that basically he turned down like an assistant directorship or whatever of in D.C. like of the FBI in order to basically manage the behavioral science
0: unit. And he's supposed to be sort of a younger, more dynamic uh hipper guy than Shepard, who's very much portrayed as the old guard. Gun is at least fifteen years younger than yeah, Shepard.
1: He's kind of like rapidly rising and and it's implied that he's more new school. He's adept at the 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 inflection um change that's happening in the FBI. Post um uh Hoover, you know modern days female agents
0: um modern methods modern right
1: and you know it's funny because the
0: whole time he's having this conversation with bill about sort of the way he wants things to be modernized there's a painting of hoover hoover sorry looming over them in the background
1: it's probably still there in 2019 man
0: you know, he, I think Shepard actually took that painting with him when he retired. It's in his bedroom. Um, <laughs> Talk about he,
1: audio writing asphyxiation.
0: <laughs> he sends uh, Gun sends some mixed messages to to Bill at his initial meeting. He says he's okay with Ford's tactics, but he also offers uh, to fire Holden. So he kind of like vacillates. Like he says, like, yeah, I understand the guy's a little out there, but we can get rid of him if you want. And then Bill sticks up for him, and he says, okay, we'll keep him, but like. Well, but doesn't he say,
1: I agree with you? I mean, I think he was just kind of feeling things out, but I think that he clearly had been picking through their files at length and really reading up and studying for whatever, however long it's been, a few days, a week. Um, and, And he really knows what they're up to. And it seems like he's made the decision that Holden is sort of the driver and is very
0: valuable. Like, right. but like but he does specifically ask bill if he wants uh ford cut loose is what he specifically says and, right. and bill sticks up for
1: him right but then and then his next line is like i agree with you, you right know, because basically he thinks they that he's extremely valuable that he's really almost the heart and soul of the place
0: but i think also the implication is if bill had said he wanted him gone he wouldn't have argued either
1: I'm not sure. I think he might have thought maybe Bill, maybe that the that Bill was wrong in that case, because the way he, in the, you know, when he talks, he talks to Bill and he talks to Wendy, right, coming up, and he seems pretty certain that uh, Holden's extremely valuable and that he just needs to be groomed. You know, he even goes through sort of a long explanation about you know, racehorses and how right, the he, really you know. fast racehorses need to be, you know, cared for in a certain way, like with blinders and you know, or blinkers, whatever they're right. called. Yeah, he
0: says that he he tells Bill he wants him to be Agent Ford's blinders specifically. Right. right. So again, and what's interesting is he he kind of says this to to Bill a little confidentially, like I need you to be this guy's minder so he doesn't become a loose cannon. And then we're skipping ahead just a little bit, but when he meets with Wendy, he tells her the exact same thing. Like, he doesn't tell Wendy that he asked Bill to be the blinders. He asks her to essentially kind of like, I need you to watch out to him and report to me about him.
1: Yeah, but he seems really with it. I mean, he, he's, he's rather impressive, I have to say. Um, at first, you know, he he's he really knows what's going on. He's made a very in-depth assessment. And he seems to be pretty perceptive about the way the unit works and the personalities involved.
0: Um, yeah. Little, although again, he seems surprising. He seems more like a kind of uh, career climber. Like he's okay with manipulating the system to his own ends. And Shepard was more of a straight shooter. You know, yeah, as the no. Joker would say uh, in The Dark Knight, he's a schemer a little bit, like the way that he asks Bill and Wendy to sort of mind Holden without telling both of them that he's made this request. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's very manipulative,
1: right? But you know, on the other hand, he pro- you could assume that he knows they're going to talk to each other at some point. I mean, maybe it'll take him a week but they're going to figure that out.
0: I know, but still like it, it made me like a little more guarded as about like the idea of gun. Like what's this guy's real game plan. I thought that was interesting. Um, You got to wonder. Yeah, for sure. In general. And so, so Bill, after Bill walks out with gun, he gets back to his office and gets a call from Holden. uh, And, and his response to, to Holden is where the fuck have you been? Uh, yeah
1: holden just calls him he's at his desk and holden just calls him basically from the hospital
0: right and he's at the prison hospital in vacaville
1: right and and he, he basically and the next thing you know bill just flies out there
0: immediately right and bill to his credit goes out and gets him and you know bill's you know Off he's the not- radar yeah and and he's 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 a little tough with Holden like he's not so he's not so warm and fuzzy to his friend lying in a hospital bed and Bill's a little uncomfortable by the notion of uh you know panic attacks or mental illness
1: but on the other hand he goes out there basically on his own dime he keeps it quiet like he maybe he's 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 the way you know you'd kind of want your Partner to be. Like he goes out there and takes care of them off the record. So they are not going to be any uh, consequences. Right.
0: He protects the unit. And again, maybe he's learned a little something from his kid, right? That he's right. got to be supportive of this sort of thing.
1: And maybe the fact that the new boss, you know, I'm not sure if he probably would have done the same thing if he hadn't just talked to the new boss, Ted Gun, you know, who basically had just reinforced every positive trait essentially that holden has um and every valuable aspect that you know holden contributes but but he's still you know maybe he's a little tough with him but he also really takes care of him
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no no i mean bill does the right thing but he's not warm and fuzzy about it yeah and then this after this scene of bill and holden in the hospital we then see Wendy's interview with Gunn which I think is notable for two things. One is that she's kind of lukewarm on Holden and when she meets with Gunn. Like she she says for example that Holden only acknowledges data if it supports his hypothesis, which is sort of like an academic sort of way of crapping on him. Like she's not so much in Holden's corner, but she does acknowledge the importance of his contribution in the end and she agrees uh, again to be his minder. Um,
1: I think Bill likes Holden more than Wendy does, but Wendy in general also, she's so guarded and
0: disapproving
1: about everything. Yeah. I mean, unless she's chasing skirt, she's not, (laughs) she's almost like, you know, she's like a computer.
0: You're getting ahead of us. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is worth pointing out about uh, the scene of Wendy and Gunn, and it's true throughout uh, at least the, first, the episodes of season two that I've watched, is what the hell is going on with Wendy's makeup? Like, she is wearing, and again, I don't usually notice this sort of thing, but she is wearing very very heavy makeup it it actually if you watch it it discolors her face and there's like a line along her jaw where they stop applying it and like her neck and her face are two different colors and they didn't do this to her in the first season but she is like conspicuously wearing this really like heavy discoloring makeup i'm not quite sure what was going on there well but i noticed it right away
1: yeah, but it's like you know sometimes with with high def um tv um you can see things like that person you know well i think they're used to you know look it's it's there's there's stage makeup right so in person you know you can see that but on stage it doesn't really look like makeup right so there's a certain element of that where i think in all filmed um, productions uh you can probably see the makeup in real life but Maybe the makeup person just wasn't as good. So I just
0: Googled Mindhunter Wendy makeup, and there's a ton written about it. And they're calling hmm. it the yellow face scandal. (laughs) I'm not kidding. They're calling it the yellow face scandal. Isn't that racist? And a lot of people are noticing uh, the same thing I was just talking about. Somebody says she looks jaundiced. Um, and And the other people have, there's a whole long, there's five articles at least on Reddit about it where people are sort of like scratching their head about Wendy's coloring and why her face looks so different than her neck.
1: So yeah, it's, it's probably just, they changed makeup people and this one's not so yeah, great. Maybe it's probably that simple
0: or that, or it looked different in person, you know, and it, and it showed up on video differently. But anyway, but we didn't catch
1: it, you know, they probably didn't catch it. And then they had to keep, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, but it's just interesting. So we see Holden gets a prescription for some benzodiazepines, and he gets out of the hospital. Um, and yeah, Bill, Bill takes him back. Bill flies him back. And Bill exerts some control over him. Like, when they're on the plane, Bill says to him, get your shit together, and no one need ever know about this episode. Right. Holden doesn't argue at all.
1: Well, Holden realizes, like first of all, Bill's kind of gone out on a limb. He's flew out on his own. This is not on the, this is not on the agency's time on their clock or on their dollar. Um, and no one knows. And so, and so basically Bill's bill says, you know, you're going to, you're going to do what I tell you essentially. And you're not going to be able to run off and get yourself in trouble because look what happened.
0: Right. And he also says, don't, don't walk out on OPR like that. Has to stop that behavior. Like you're going to yes. cooperate,
1: right? And Holden and,
0: doesn't argue.
1: No, because Holden knows that he just got trounced. You know, he just had a horrendous experience, and I think he realizes that he's got to just trust Bill's
0: approach at this point. Um, and then we see uh, he gets home right, to the Essex house where he lives, and uh, he takes some benzos. And he falls asleep immediately. Yeah, Yeah, he's zonked. This is in the pre-ambient era. Um, He comes in the next day. He meets Gunn. They take him to the executive dining room. Right. Right. This is Gunn's way of saying to him, you've arrived. You're a stud. And I think you can see what I mean, like how gun is manipulative. Like he has one-on-ones with the three of them to form a personal alliance. Right. Or so that they feel some sense of personal loyalty to him. Right. They owe him a little bit. Like he makes the OPR thing essentially go away.
1: No, he's pretty smooth, but you know, but the thing is like everything he does is so far quite reasonable. Um.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. He's just, I guess my point is he's slick. Like he's, he is slick. he's bending everything to his liking.
1: He's slick right? but in, a, in a good kind of good way. It's, it's surprising. I mean, you almost wait for, you know, I think what he's sort of saying in a way is you're kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop because how can a boss be this, smooth that's and my point right,
0: right what's what's they're at some point they're gonna have to pay this piper like he says in the span of about 20 seconds to hold on when they're at the, the executive dining room he says i'll make the opr investigation go away and i will get you an interview with manson right
1: i'll kind of give you everything you want you just keep you're super valuable and i think that this place you know i gave he tells him that he gave up basically a bigger job um, cl- a bigger step for his career way up to the top executive suite in order to run this unit. And,
0: and, th- and he even says he's going to get them new office space.
1: Yeah. Which he accomplishes immediately thereafter.
0: And then he comes down, he comes back to BSU hold and he tells him that, Hey, we're going to interview Manson. And Wendy's not so excited. Like Wendy, Wendy says he's not really who we're looking at studying. Like Manson didn't kill anybody.
1: Yeah, she thinks Manson is not uh, not in the right
0: ballpark. But I think Holden's a little smitten with the idea of interviewing America's first, most famous prisoner at the time. Right. Um, It's an interesting scene, once again, showing Wendy is more academic and sort of thinking at a higher level. And pissy. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Wendy's not wrong. You know what I mean? Like, she's not wrong. She's not dumb. Like, you can't really fault her. But she just sees things from such a different direction. And then uh, in the same scene.
1: Yeah, it's her personality, too.
0: Right, you but know, in the I, same scene where Wendy is clashing with Holden over the Manson thing, uh all the tension escalates in the BSU where Holden, through a little simple deductive reasoning, is able to point out that uh OPR got the tape from Smith. And Smith essentially admits it's true. <laughs> what did he call himself when he was
1: getting the job in the beginning? The Padre or the something? The Padre. The Padre. Yeah, the Padre is just like fesses up the second holden holden basically pulls a criminal interview kind of style assessment and applies it to agent smith and agent smith rolls over <laughs> the padre rolls over immediately and uh it's basically the other everybody's jaw is just drops
0: and then wendy you know wendy in her sort of academic way kind of lays into agent smith and basically she politely says don't fucking do this again but what she actually says you know decisions affecting the entire unit will not be made without discussion right and then um when they try to get him to agree i think holden says benedict arnold doesn't get a vote (laughs) right sort of you know he's now kind of like even as if he wasn't removed enough, he's removed himself from the core triad, right? They really, they no longer trust him. Right. He's got like the scarlet letter D for douchebag on Right, him. And they're right not, yeah, we're going to say for dick. Like they're right not to trust him, right? He screwed them. Oh, yeah. He set them up for all sorts of troubles because of his personal conscience.
1: Yeah. The Padre made a horrendous decision. There's no way that you could, I mean, it, it just, it was just downright pathological,
0: And self-serving, you know, like he put his conscience over everybody else and everything that the unit was trying to accomplish. Um, And and like crazy,
1: like it wasn't a normal conscience. It just was a totally abnormal thing to do any way you look at it.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I think in the other podcast, you know, he becomes a bomb thrower. Like He's okay to like wreck everything for everybody else. Right, he could have just resigned from the unit, right? He could have just, you know, who mails, I mean the guy's a creep right and just said to them i'm sorry i can't work with you guys i'm out and they would have been like fine
1: yeah see like, ya it would, have been, it would have been okay everything would have been great you know he they would have said he's a he's a great uh this is a great agent i mean everything would have been smoothed over and would have been fine instead the guy just completely goes nuts
0: <laughs> scarlet d Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then into the midst of this whole thing, when Wendy has kind of, like, exited the conversation by going to her office, although she's still visible through an open door, Gunn comes down and tells him that OPR has closed the inquiry, and they're basically off the hook.
1: And he gets some some fabulous new basement office space.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, and he this- gives them, I don't think, no, no, not basement, I think they're out of the basement. I think
1: they're still in the and basement, says, but they have a bigger spot because there's still like no windows and stuff. And also like every, you know, following movie and everything about that unit basically says they're in the basement.
0: But he promises them researchers, transcribers, technical support, right? He is excited. Yeah, they get some other, uh, they get some other space, uh, but they get, uh, it's even being wired for a computer. Yep. Right. Get, so, it's
1: It's basement, but it's much better lit and has higher ceilings. It doesn't look like a broom closet or like, the, you know, a janitorial closet.
0: I'm trying to think what computer they'd be getting in 79, like a, a Vax, maybe. Um, uh, maybe it's just a Commodore
1: pet with a cassette TI
0: 99 4 a Timex Sinclair. My bet is it's going to be a Vax, but we'll see. Um, and then we transition to, I think, uh, a super interesting scene where holden takes wendy out uh, to kind of a rough military type bar right um, man there's a lot of, a lot of stuff happens in this episode you know i forgot yeah, and at this point there's still 10 more minutes in the show right they haven't gotten to the retirement party by the yeah, way man. wendy looks particularly jaundiced in the bar yeah. I think her bilirubin's up to like 12. She either needs a PTC or an ERCP. I can't tell which. She just has the chill bears. Right. That or she has an alcoholic hepatitis. <laughs> um, So, and he confesses to her uh, what happened in Vacaville uh, and, and even admits to her that uh, Kemper gave him a hug. Yep. Uh, and she essentially says, you know, look, you gotta, you gotta keep us in the loop, and you know I'll, I'll watch out for you a little bit. Yeah, try not to be so crazy. Um, we cut to Shepard's retirement. Uh, right.
1: Yeah, and Bill kind of Wendy walks in, and Bill gives us some advice, like, you know, when people start singing, take off or something. You know, he basically is like, intimating it's the <laughs> standard. You know, this like standard miserable kind of company affair retirement party. And he gives right. her a couple of words about how to, how to handle it because he says, well, your first, uh, first bureau retirement party, and huh? He says to her. <laughs> <laughs> and and Bill speeches. looks like, you know,
0: the whole thing's on autopilot, you know, and nobody looks like they want to be there less than shepherd himself.
1: Right. Yeah, the, just it's it's clearly just miserable. And there's a couple speeches, and Bill gives a speech, and Bill gives a very nice speech. Essentially, um, they give Although him Bill, like Bill speeches all thing.
0: Yeah, I was I was just going to use the phrase gold watch, and it's a sort of like it's a, like the boilerplate speech that Bill yeah. gives. Right, you're going to be fishing, yeah. and uh, you know, good luck to you, and God bless. And and Shepherd's wife is looking kind of pained at this thing.
1: Yeah, but it's clearly the just the standard routine and Bill's very smooth and practiced at it. And then Holden, <laughs> Holden goes to give a little speech. The whole thing. <laughs> Holden decides to give a speech and unasked it, for. Yeah. And he gets about four seconds into it and Shepard basically just like storms out.
0: And Shepard's wife looks awful when Holden gets up. She starts rolling her eyes and her her lip curls and she's not happy. And Holden doesn't know what happened. Yep. Right. He's totally blindsided that Shepard has done this to him and and essentially publicly humiliated him and basically said, I don't really care what Agent Ford has to say. And he said it in front of all the other agents. Right. And then it goes from
1: right he he, right, he walks out and everybody sees him walk out but but then it goes from bad to worse outside cuz Holden walks out and he runs into Shepard out and the two we, of them are, he chases down Shepard right right and he he right he he goes outside and he he runs over and there's they're alone the two of them are out in front of the the place the restaurant or whatever and there's nobody else around and Shepard basically tells him you know angrily shepherds infuriated and basically says that he's being forced out to take the fall for Holden's um Holden's uh the heat that came down on Holden about the interview and and the, the tape and all that stuff. Yeah, he and,
0: calls Holden an arrogant self-serving twerp. A vainglorious glorious yeah. little shit he calls him.
1: Yeah. He is infuriated and and Holden had no idea I Holden really thought he was just retiring, and I think Bill suspected, but Bill figured I'm just going to leave it alone
0: i think or or Bill knew flat out and just knew that this is how you handle it, right yeah you give the yeah. guy a fishing reel, and
1: you know Bill's figuring this guys he's got twenty three years in it, and anyway, he probably would maybe he stay another two years, maybe, like you know even if he's going out, it's not much earlier. The guy's, you know, about retirement age.
0: Right. And um, then this scene is interrupted by Holden, who just sort of abruptly walks off right, in the middle of being berated by Shepard. Well, he gets and, enough time to get berated for a while. And then he, right. But <laughs> then before anyone off. can notice where Holden has gone, Bill comes out with Shepard's wife. Yeah. Uh, and as the three of them are having sort of a, a little chit chat, Holden is 20 feet away, hiding behind a car, chewing a Xanax because yeah, he's Holden, had a
1: panic attack. Yeah, Holden's going bananas. He's having another horrible panic attack. And um, clearly, it's not the end of his problem. You know, and he's only out. He's like, with
0: it's within the week since he was just strapped to a bed. Right, and he's still not really himself, right? Whereas a, a little <laughs> beratement right from above wouldn't have faced him in the previous era now when he's not feeling too confident about himself and things to have Shepard just flat out level with him right and yeah. open up like a shotgun in his face Yep. right he's, he's not really prepared
1: to handle it and that's where the episode ends with with Holden cowering and shaking on and the floor squatting on the ground by the, by the car in the parking lot
0: yeah hyperventilating right um you know i wrote i in my notes that i thought this was kind of a, like a stilted episode i felt like it didn't flow sort of smoothly from one scene to the next uh but a lot really? happened. i don't know it, it it felt didn't feel that way to me i thought it was great i thought it was, I don't, don't get me wrong i thought it was good but it it, it, it it has a different feel and you know we talked about this a little bit offline you know the episode is directed by fincher but this is there's a new writing team for this season that really are not present in season one. And whereas season one, almost every episode is either story by Joe Penhall or teleplay by Joe Penhall or both, you know, Penhall yeah. has no writing duties this season at all. Well, I think Penhall
1: was the showrunner for the original show. I guess it was, I guess I'm assuming it was Penhall and um, David Fincher. Uh, essentially, uh, were really the showrunners, and Penhall. I'm assuming has either stepped back or isn't in, is involved. Or got t- forced t- out, or got forced out, or is not. You know, he's or, well, who knows, or maybe he's doing. Inspired. It's two years. You know, maybe he's doing. He's doing another show. I don't. I don't know. Um, you know,
0: yeah, saying, he's not doing another show. He's not I mean, doing other shows. I guess
1: he's a Brit. Um, he's got a play. He, he's he he was doing a play at the Old Vic, I guess. Yeah,
0: but again, you know, I don't know. Maybe he maybe his he's contract ran out, or or whatever. Or maybe they just decided they moved on with, without him. I don't know. I, well, I'll look online and see if I can figure out why. Why. Uh, Penhall is not there anymore, but you can definitely feel it in the same way that, for example, when they had a director who wasn't so great, you could feel it. You can definitely feel that the tone of the writing has changed a little bit, but again, it's also a bit of a cool episode in that there's a, there's a lot of tension in this episode. There's not a lot of scenes where the characters are getting along, right. You know, uh, you know, gun is sort of working on everybody. Um, You know, Shepard's on his way out, Bill has some tension with Holden when he goes to get him at the place, Wendy has tension with Holden at the bar, you know, Holden has tension with Agent Smith, like it's just the whole, you know, from from start to finish it's kind of tense. Yeah. So, interesting. Um and then uh, that's where we wrap up episode uh, 1 of season 2, I guess, with Holden like I said hyperventilating chewing a Xanax yeah
1: i i think it really is a strong start
0: well and they've got a lot of balls in the air now right all the things that they've built up to in season one and now for the first time btk is now coming into their focus yeah so interesting all right should we wrap there and uh see everybody back for uh season two episode two
1: yep see you next time all
0: right thanks everybody